Hello and welcome to Dangerous Assignment from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Dangerous Assignment, transcribed starring Brian Donlevy as Steve Mitchell. Yeah, danger is my assignment. I get sent to a lot of places I can't even pronounce. They all spell the same thing, though, trouble. But when I walk into the commissioner's office, I don't realize that this assignment's going to wind up with my getting shot at. Morning, Commissioner. You sent for me? Steve, I want you to drop in on a group of butterfly chasers. I think the word is lepidopterist, but I wouldn't bet on it. Go to the head of the class. At the moment, they're somewhere in the jungles of Brazil, south of the Amazon. Now, when I say I want you to drop in on them... You mean just that, huh? I parachute? Okay, Commissioner, what's it all about? Recently, Steve, there was a meeting in Rio between U.S. representatives and diplomats from several Latin American countries. Important decisions were reached, commitments made, and agreements signed. A copy of that agreement was dispatched to the United States by courier, but had never arrived in Washington. The plane in which the courier was riding crashed in a remote area of the Brazilian coast. All hands lost? Yes. Our investigators checked the region, but could learn little from either the natives or the group of butterfly people who happened to be in the area at the time. So we assumed that the courier and the document has been lost. We were wrong, Steve. We've just learned from contacts in Brazil that the document has been put up for sale at the city of Belém. What? And here's the joker, Steve. Delivery guaranteed as of the first of next month. What does that suggest to you? Well, the document is on its way there, and... Hey, wait a minute. The butterfly chasers... Right. They're scheduled to arrive in Belém just about that time. My hunch is that someone in that group has the document. Get down there, Steve. It's vitally important we recover that document. Well, that's it. You've got your assignment. Good luck. National Broadcasting Company is presenting Dangerous Assignment, starring Brian Donlevy in the role of Steve Mitchell, colorful, two-fisted government agent. At all those places of the world where danger and intrigue walk hand in hand, there you will find Steve Mitchell on another Dangerous Assignment. Before we bring you tonight's Dangerous Assignment adventure, let me tell you about tomorrow's fine comedy on the NBC radio network. Yes, tomorrow you'll hear The Bob Hope Show and Fibber McGee and Molly. And Eddie Cantor will bring you his show business show. There's always entertainment when Fibber and Molly open wide the doors at 79 Wistful Vista. And tomorrow, from Palm Springs, California, Bob Hope will have Bing Crosby, Marilyn Maxwell, and Charlie Farrell as his special guests. And Eddie Cantor's show business show will present a program of Italian entertainers. Bob Hope, Fibber McGee and Molly, Eddie Cantor. Yes, hear all three tomorrow on NBC. Sure, I've 
got my assignment. Get down to South America, catch up to a group of butterfly chasers somewhere in the jungle of Brazil and find out which member of the party is carrying a highly confidential document belonging to the United States. It's a hunk of political dynamite, and we want it back before it's sold to the highest bidder. It's early Friday evening when my plane lands in Belém. Captain Arcata of the local law hustles me into another plane, and a few minutes later, we're airborne, heading west over the jungle. The manual contact when you reach your destination, Senor Mitchell, is Sergeant Romero. I sent him out to pick up the trail of the group two days ago. Where are they now, Captain? The last radio report I received from Romero a few hours before your arrival had the group camped at this point on the map, almost directly under us. You mean we're there already? We are. Come, I will assist you. Yeah. There's a little matter of slipping into a parachute. Rule number one, Captain. When about to make a parachute jump, don't forget the parachute. Uh, here we are, senor. <laughs> Thanks. There is a bright moon. That will help. I just assumed it wasn't so bright, Captain. Too easy for someone on the ground to spot the parachute. See, of course. Which means I'll have to drop a long way down, as far as I dare, before I open the chute. Uh, the pilot is motioning to us, senor. Okay. What's our altitude? His instructions were 5,000 feet. Right. No circling. We don't want to attract too much attention. See? One pass over the area, and I bail out. See? Okay, Captain. Open her up. doesn't take long to eat up 5,000 feet of space, especially when you drop most of the way with the chute closed. When my count runs out, I pull the cord, then a jarring jolt as the chute opens. I glide slowly down, straight toward the river. I yank at the shrouds to change direction. So I miss the river, but I land on the top branches of a tree. Next thing I know, I'm dangling at the end of the chute some 15 feet above the ground. That's when it happens. First slug whistles past my ear. Next one chips a hunk of tree trunk. This is no place for me. I unfasten the harness and drop to the ground. I start crawling on my hands and knees toward the river, and then suddenly I freeze. Someone's coming up on the double. I wait. Then as he goes by, I reach out and grab. Hold him, Buster. I'll take that gun. No, wait, 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 wait. You are the American, Mitchell. Yeah, big surprise. No, 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 senor. I am Sergeant Romero, the captain told you. Romero, you? Yes, of course. I'll show you my identification here. I have it in my pocket. I'll reach for it if you don't mind. It says you're Sergeant Romero, all right. Get down. That shot, it came from that direction, senor. From the river. Yeah. You see someone? No, he's probably cut back into the jungle. See, oh, see. How far are they camped from here? Oh, several miles down the river, near a small village. Come, senor, I have a boat hidden nearby. It is not far from here, senor Mitchell. Just around the bend. How many of them are there in camp, Romero? There are four. The leader, the one with gray hair, is Dr. Stanhope. And there are two assistants. One is called Hodges, and the other is Williams. And then there is the doctor's wife. Wife? She, very young, very beautiful, senor. Ah, there it is, senor. They're clearing near the riverbank. Yeah, looks like someone sitting at a campfire alone. I think that it... See, that is Dr. Stanhope. Uh, let's pull in the shore here, Romero. 
stay right here, out of sight for the time being. Stick with the boat and keep your eyes open. I'll be back. See. Hello there. Hello. Hello. Good evening. Welcome. This the Stanhope camp by any chance? Yes, that's right. <laughs> Natives up the river mentioned that you were in the region. My name's Mitchell. Oh, I'm Dr. Stanhope. How do you do? Uh, sit down, won't you? Thanks. Don't mind if I do. Had a hard journey? Yeah. You'd think after being in this jungle for over a month, I'd get used to these hikes, but... Hello. On a holiday, are you? Well, sort of. I'm soaking up some local color doing a book. Oh, really? I envy you. I always wanted to write, but never seemed to find the time. My work and all. Work? What sort of... Research. Butterfly chasers, you might call it. Oh. Traveling alone, Mr. Mitchell? No, my camp's not very far away. Oh. Going to be in the region for a while? It depends. I... Oh, that's my wife. Hello, darling. Have a nice stroll? Yes, dear, very nice. Sweet, this is Mr. Mitchell. How do you do, senor? Mrs. Stanhope? Mr. Mitchell's a writer. Soaking up a little local color, as he puts it. A writer? How interesting. Uh, by the way, darling, have you seen anything of Hodges? Hodges? No. Well, I thought he might possibly be in the village. Well, I didn't go to the village. Oh. Haven't seen him for hours. Wonder what's happened to him. Well, he's probably with Williams. No. Jim came back to camp a few minutes ago and went out looking for him. Well, don't worry, darling. He'll turn up. Now, if you don't mind, I think I'll go to my tent. I'm I'm rather tired. Of course, my dear. Good night, Senor Mitchell. Good night, Miss Stanhope. Well, Doctor, I think I'll be moving along, too. Oh, must you really? I thought we might chat a little. Well, plenty of time for that in the morning. That is, unless you'll be pulling out... Yes, we had planned on leaving early. Might join forces with you. Tag along, if you don't mind. I'm headed for Belém. You? We're also headed that way, Mr. Mitchell. Of course, you're welcome to join us. However, we sort of poke along, you know. We're in no hurry. And... Well, neither am I, Doctor. I'm in no hurry at all. Uh, night. Well, I've met 50% of the troop, doctor and his wife. Williams wasn't around, and Hodges hasn't been seen for hours. I don't like that, Romero. Hodges could have taken a powder. I do not think so, senor. What? Look, there, on the riverbank. Hey. I pulled the body out of the river a few minutes ago. That is the man called Hodges. <laughs> In just a moment, Steve Mitchell will continue his dangerous assignment. We now bring you an important announcement for all Americans, particularly those of you who run your own business or are in a position to hire employees. This country is now engaged in a gigantic defense program which must be kept on schedule. There's no time to lose. To win, we've got to use every ounce of strength, industrial strength, in this contest to protect ourselves and the free world. That means we've got to give jobs, productive jobs, to all Americans. We've got to hire the handicapped. 
thousands of handicapped persons, veterans and non-veterans alike, are ready, willing, and able to work. Thousands of others have proved on the job that when they're properly placed, they do every bit as good a job as their able-bodied fellow workers. So, Mr. Employer, give these folks a chance to help you increase your productive capacity. Hire the handicapped. Help them. Help your business. Help America. And now back to Dangerous Assignment and Brian Donlevy as Steve Mitchell. You're sure this dead guy is Hodges, remember? Oh, see. His papers were in his pocket. He was struck on the head. Yeah. Well, one of Dr. Stanhope's assistants gets himself knocked off. I wonder if Hodges was the one who was carrying the document. In that case, whoever killed him now has it. Or maybe Hodges knew who has it. Uh. Let's see. While I was talking to Dr. Stanhope, his wife returned to camp. She said she'd been out for a walk. Then she had an opportunity to kill him. Yeah. Also, the other assistant, Williams, who was supposed to be out looking for Hodges. And he also had opportunity. And there's Dr. Stanhope himself. How do you mean? That left him alone in camp. He could have slipped out here in the brush and killed Hodges. Ah, you are right. Better keep under cover, Romero. I'm going over to Stanhope's camp and break the news to them. assistant is there. I tell them I've stumbled across Hodge's body and they're all properly shocked. We troop back to the riverbank so they can have a look at it. thing like this is hard to believe, Mitchell. Pretty good friend of yours, huh, William? Yes, you're the best. It's dreadful. Perfectly dreadful. Poor Hodges. Such a brilliant career suddenly cut off by a horrible accident like this. Accident? Of course. You see, Hodges couldn't swim. He was wandering along those rocks on the riverbank looking for specimens. Obviously, he fell and struck his head and rolled into the water. Isn't that what you'd make of it, Mr. Mitchell? Uh, Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Williams, what do you think? Dr. Stanhope's right about Hodges not being able to swim. Beyond that, I wouldn't know. I'm no detective. Uh, This poses a problem. Hodges' body will have to be taken to Bel Air, our destination. Somebody should accompany the body, I suppose, is leader of the group, it should be myself. I disagree, Dr. Stanhope. Why, Williams? Well, this expedition means a lot to you. I think you should continue your research. I'll take the body to Berlin. No. No, I'm afraid I can't permit you to go, Williams. If I'm to continue my research, I certainly need your help. All right, you're the boss. In that case, perhaps I should go. You? I'm not needed here. Well, that's a pretty disagreeable job for a woman, Mrs. Stanhope, and a little dangerous traveling through the jungles like this. Yes, I quite agree with you, Mr. Mitchell. Uh, if I could make a suggestion. Oh, yes, by all means. There's nothing any of you can do for Hodges now. Why not let the natives take his body in? Hmm. Well, I suppose that would be the practical solution. Yes, I'll have two bearers carry it to the village. If you like, I'll stay here with the body until you send them. Oh, that's very kind of you. It'll only be a few minutes. Come along, my dear. Very well. Good night, Mr. Mitchell. Good night, Mrs. Stanhope. Thanks, Mitchell. Sure. See you later, William. Romero. See? Right here, Mitchell. You uh, hear what went on? Oh, indeed. 
I was getting a little worried that one of them was going to get away from me. See, see. And what is your plan now? We move in closer and keep an eye on them the rest of the night. After the natives pick up Hodges' body, Romero and I settle down in the underbrush where we can watch Stanhope's camp. I take the first watch and wake Romero at midnight. Everything's quiet in the camp. Their fire's gone out. I doze off. The moon is setting. When I open my eyes again, I look at my watch and realize I've been asleep a couple of hours. I roll over and look toward Romero. Then I sit up fast. Romero's gone. I scramble to my feet and head toward Stanhope's camp. And I get my second surprise. Camp is dismantled. Everybody's gone. This is just great. I found along the trail around the bend, and there stretched out on the ground in front of me is a body. Romero. 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 Uh, oh, Mitch. Here. Gracias. What happened? Oh, I heard a noise from the camp and came to investigate, and somebody slipped up behind me and hit me over the head. You couldn't see who it was? No, no. They've cleared out. They've got about a two-hour start on us. We must have gained on them substantially by now, Mitchell. Yeah. We've been traveling at a pretty good clip all morning. Get down! Yeah, we're getting close to them all right. Could you tell where that shot came from? Over there at the left somewhere, I think. Can you see anyone? No. With underbrush this thick, it is not surprising. Whoever it was could be some distance away by now. Yeah, no, I... Hold it. What is it? Flash of white over there in the far edge of that clearing. Hey, it's Mrs. Stanhope. Ah, see. Walking through the clearing. And now into the underbrush again. <laughs> what do you know? But she's not carrying a gun. She could have ditched it. She seemed to know where she's going. Probably to their new camp. Come on, we'll follow her. There's their camp, all right. Mrs. Stanhope and Williams in front of the tent. I'll introduce you as my guide. All right. Well, Mr. Mitchell. <laughs> Surprised to see me, Mrs. Stanhope? Why, well, of course. Uh, this is my guide, Senior Romero. How do you do, Senor? Mr. Williams, Romero. Senor? How are you? Where's Dr. Stanhope? Uh, he's been down by the river all morning looking for specimens. I see. Say, uh... Were you the ones who were doing the shooting a few minutes ago, Mitchell? Not exactly, Williams. Why? I was walking around when I heard a shot. I decided if a hunter was nearby, I should get back to camp. I see. Well, it's Mr. Mitchell. That's right, Dr. Stanhope. Were you doing any shooting a short while ago, Philip? Shooting? Why, no. I did hear the shot, though. Well, glad to have you with us again, Mr. Mitchell. Are you? Of course. Why? You sort of pulled up stakes all of a sudden last night. Did you forget you'd invited me to tag along with you to Belem? By George, I did forget. <laughs> Excitement of Hodge's death and all that, you know. Oh? See, when Kara suggested we leave during the night... It I... was your idea then, Mrs. Stanhope. Oh, yes. The heat bothers me. It's cooler traveling at night. I see. We plan to rest here until dark and then resume our journey. Uh, would you like to accompany us? Yeah, I would, Dr. Stanhope, and this time I'll try to keep up with you. Well, 
The afternoon drags on. Towards sunset, Dr. Stanhope goes into his tent to rest up for the trip after dark. Williams is working with a few butterfly specimens. Mrs. Stanhope goes down by the river for his smoke. I tag along to keep an eye on her and leave Romero to watch things at the camp. She makes small talk for half an hour or so, and then we wander back. She heads for her husband's tent. I suppose I'd better wake Philip. It's just about cool enough to start now. Yeah. Hmm. Wonder where Romero is. Well, the camp does look a bit deserted, doesn't it? I don't see Williams either. Philip. <gasps> hey, there on the ground. It's Williams, un- un- unconscious. Williams. Williams. Oh, oh he's all right. Oh. Mr. Mitchell, but look at my husband's cot. Yeah, some blankets rolled up to look like somebody's lying on it. And the back of the tent, it's it's slit from top to bottom. I, I don't understand. I think I do. Williams. Oh. Oh, Mitchell. What happened? I came in here to ask Dr. Stanhope something. As soon as I stepped inside, I got hit in the head. Knocked me to my knees. I saw Stanhope slash the wall of the tent and leave. Then I blacked out. Romero must be chasing him. I'll see you later. I take off from the back of Stanhope's tent and start crashing through the brush. Then, all of a sudden, I stop. Something which I noticed on the table in Stanhope's tent and didn't pay any attention to suddenly registers Stanhope's knife in its sheath. I double back fast. Sure enough, there's another trail leading through the brush in the opposite direction from Stanhope's tent. I follow it. I can hear somebody ahead of me, then the noise stops. I stop too, but not soon enough. He's in behind me with a gun. Don't move, Mitchell. Hello, Williams. You're a pretty smart boy. How'd you tumble to the fact that I was lying? You said Stanhope slashed the tent, but I remembered seeing his knife still inside, in its sheath. I doubt if he'd have used it and then replaced it, he'd have been in too big of a hurry. You staged the whole deal to take me off your trail and give you a head start. Bright boy. How'd you get Stanhope out of the way? It was simple. I told him you and Mrs. Stanhope had taken off together. He charged down along the river like a bull. With Romero after him. Pretty neat, Williams. I guess that makes you the boy with the document, but what about the dead guy, Hodges? Where'd he fit in? Well, it started out as a two-way split. I decided to change things. I see. Okay, Mitchell, we're still a little too close to the camp. Start walking. push on ahead of Williams, knowing that as soon as we get far enough away to suit him, I'm a dead duck. Then I spot my chance. There's a branch of a tree sticking out in front of me. I push it back out of the way, and then suddenly I duck and let go of it. Oh! It hits him in the face and spoils his aim. I whirl and lash out with a lip. Oh! Thanks for the gun. Now, just stand still while I find that document. Yeah, here we are. Look, Mitchell, how about a deal? Sorry. You left all your cards back there on the table with Stanhope's knife. Our star, Brian Donlevy, will return in just a moment. Let me tell you about tomorrow's fine comedy on the NBC Radio Network. Yes, tomorrow you'll hear the Bob Hope Show... And Fibber McGee and Molly. And Eddie Cantor will bring you his show business show. 
There's always entertainment when Fibber and Molly open wide the doors at 79 Wistful Vista. And Eddie Cantor's show business show will present a program of Italian entertainers. Fibber McGee and Molly, Eddie Cantor. Yes, here all tomorrow on NBC. Next week, Havana, a beautiful place to get killed. That will be Steve Mitchell's dangerous assignment next week. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company.